0: it's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, hello, hello my friends and welcome back to The Right Conversations and we are talking to Lena Dune, better known as Ask a Sub on Instagram. And we are having a conversation about where kink and sexuality intersect. And I am so fucking excited. Lena, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, Okay, so first and foremost, will you introduce yourself for anybody who doesn't know you or maybe knows your Instagram, but doesn't know that there is a real, lovely, beautiful human behind
1: it. There is a person behind the avatar, <laughs> <laughs> behind the persona. Yes. Um, I'm Lena Dune. I am a 24-7 bisexual. Oops, let me take that again. I'm Lena Dune. I am a 24-7 sub in a DS relationship. Um, I'm bisexual. I uh, use she, her pronouns, um, and I make memes on Instagram about kink and sexuality and being a horny little goblin. And um, I continue that work uh, by doing story Q&As every Friday on my Instagram where I answer um, advice questions from people, totally random ones uh, and also kink related. Um, And then I also have a Patreon where I give advice. I host a community chat room where people can connect and talk about kink. And um, I also did a season of a podcast called Ask a Sub, uh, which you can get wherever podcasts are. Oh, so amazing! I,
0: how did you start this work? What um, like what encouraged you to do this?
1: You know, I woke up on New Year's Day on uh, in 2019, um, and I said, I don't feel like I see a lot of representation of subs talking mm. about their experience. Like I had sub friends, but I didn't have like someone I could go to online where I was like, this is a real person who is also a sub. I think that a lot of the sub content that I saw at the time was like, I am this perfect service submissive and I am sitting in high pro- protocol all the time and I have am in my stress position and on my knees with my hands like this. And I'm always like that and I'm holding a tray and this is me and there's nothing else. And <laughs> and, and kudos to them and kudos. I'm, I'm also that person a lot of the time, but um, I, I felt like there was like this lacking component of like You know, what do I do with my bruised butt when I go sit on my corporate office chair the day after a scene or like, what do I how do I explain this to my friends and how does it change like gossiping among the gals when when one of us is doing, you know, impact play and how and how do you have these softer conversations and how do you integrate being a sub into your life. So I, I, I thought, okay, let's do like a dear Abby type thing, but it's, you know, ask a sub. who, who are subs? What, who are they? Are they real? You know? And so, um, a lot of the writing initially centered around just pure advice. And then, um, I had this little Instagram account with like 15 followers and I reposted someone else's kink meme, which was like Zootopia characters talking about. Kink, which you know, I think has like a Venn diagram with the furry community in a big way. Yeah, yeah. But but that post, I just posted it at random with a couple of hashtags, um, and it went like it. Got, I got like nine hundred likes on it, which for me at the time was like Whoa. bananas. And I was like, oh my god, like if I post memes, more people mm. will be looking at the advice. So I was like, maybe I can figure out how to make memes. I don't know. And so I start. I have these very rudimentary memes from back then that I started making, and then the following just like. Came because people really wanted kink memes with that sense of like a real person living this lifestyle like behind them, I think. Oh, I love this so much! And
0: all of the questions that you asked, I was like, "Wait, no, let's answer that." Wait, no, let's answer that. <laughs> like, all of these are things that I have either asked myself or that I have had clients ask. And frankly, a lot of times I direct them to your page and to your Discord community. Um, Thank because, you. Yeah, I mean, what the community that you've created, and um, there was an episode of the podcast that Corey Bush was on, and we talked a lot about cultivating sex positive community and Again, your Discord came up as, like, just this oasis of sex positivity and kink and connection. Um, So thank you for everything that you're doing and have done.
1: I'm just so incredibly honored to just be, like, a a point where people find and connect with each other. Like, the Discord has just been... Um, just its own thing. Like there's meetups in the UK and like, it's just, it's beyond what I could have ever imagined. But there's just people who are like, we like wholesome kink and to communicate and let's all be friends. And there's like a thousand of them. So <laughs> It's so amazing. So for anybody listening, I have
0: a, our listenership here <laughs> ranges from what is kink and what is a sub and like kind of really sharing about what a submissive is all the way to you know folks who have probably been following you for for years and maybe even more experienced in kink uh whether personally or professionally than than i am um so i don't want to lean too hard in either direction Mm -hmm. and i do want to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page as we talk about this intersection so Can you talk a little bit about what kink means to you?
1: Yeah. um, So kink for me is not a word that I was ready to claim for a very long time. I think that I had these sort of other ideas about, oh, well, I like, you know, I like things to be rough or I like things to Mm. be like, Different, or I just couldn't really put a word on it because to me, the word kink, and I'm just gonna be offensive here and I don't mean to offend, but like to me at the time, I was like, kink is for people who do like live action role play, like, and, and now I'm like, yeah, 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 it is, but um, in a different way, you know. So, like, I yeah. had this sort of stigma around it, like, it's not for me, it's for people who like maybe are like really good at like acting or role playing, or and I just had this idea, you know of this preconceived notion about what what kink is and who it's for and what it means. And um, at the end of the day, it's just a um, safe and negotiated container to experiment with things that are considered alternative from the mainstream of sexuality. So like in kink, we like to use, um, and not everyone who says they're kinky will know about this. It's not like there's no initiation ceremony. There's no, you know, kink for dummies that everyone gets distributed. There's no encyclopedia for this. But um, ideally, kink comes with a container of negotiation, safe words, and aftercare. And um, that is something that I didn't know. But once I learned, Mm. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Because if I'm experimenting with something like being spanked, um, for instance, uh, I want to have a conversation with the person spanking me about, okay, this is what I like. This is what's about to happen. This is what's okay. This is what isn't. And then I want to have a safe word while it's happening so I can say, hey, let's get out of this without having to have a big conversation where I'm explaining what's going why? on and yeah. how I feel and why and in a moment where I don't want to. Um, but there's lots of times where you never call a safe word because you've done your negotiation and you're doing something that you expect. Um, and then aftercare, we're like, hey, uh, you were just spanked. How did that feel? How are you doing? Would you like some water? Like that's <laughs> that's all it is. But it does seem very um, daunting and um and intimidating from the outside when it really in reality is um, just a procedure for experimenting with stuff that might bring up big feelings. I,
0: I love that definition so much. And that so good. So, okay. One other question about your particular experience, and then we'll move into this intersection piece Mm -hmm. for those out there who are like 24, seven, what does that yeah. mean that, like, you're walking around and, like, are you on a leash on the street? Like, are you getting spanked at 7 Eleven?
1: Like, what, <laughs> what, what does 24 7 mean to you? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, you know, actually, this I got a really interesting question on Instagram recently that sort of clarified people's misunderstandings about this, which is like, I've been a 24 7 sub for so long now that, like, five years, probably continuously with my current partner where I'm like, yeah, I'm the 24 seven sub what, what you know, <laughs> but um, I got a question on Instagram last week because I um said that I had been traveling with my Dom. We went to Italy together mm-hmm. and um somebody said, so how does, how does it work being the 24 seven DS and traveling? Like, how do you set up the cage in a hotel room? Sure. And I'm like, Do you think that I got a full-size dog cage in the United States? I put it, I came to the baggage counter. I checked it in. I picked it up at the baggage in Italy. I put it in a taxi. I brought, I checked into the hotel with it. And then I put it, set it up in the room. And then I'm just like in a cage while my dom goes out and explores the city. (laughs) Um, and not to like gross that opinion too much, it's a very hard thing to understand. But um, in reality, it just means that my partner and I have a set of agreements about power exchange that are in effect all the time. And our agreements are not, I must walk on all fours at every second of the day. Our agreements are, okay, so in this specific situation, we're going to do high protocol, which refers to the way that you move around and the way that you speak and the way that you behave. But at other times, we're just going to call each other by our means of address and, you know, um, be respectful use, please. And thank you. Um, I'm fill up his water glass when we're out at a restaurant. Mm. I, um, sometimes will like dress a certain way based on our negotiated preferences around that. So what it really means is that we have this container, just like the kink container that says, this is who we are to each other. This is what we do. This is how we behave. And all of that has been negotiated based on our own love languages and how we want to be in a relationship. So I'm not being held captive. There's nothing that's happening to me that I don't love. Um, And it just gives me this framework and my partner also a framework to communicate our needs and desires. And those needs and desires are just inflected by the roles of Dom and Sub. I
0: appreciate that so much. And one of the things that... I know I really love about power dynamics is there's so much that gets explicitly stated mm-hmm. because it has to. And in so many of our relationships, we don't do that. And then we're bummed when an expectation isn't met, but we haven't communicated it. And to be in a container where you've you really have to create mm-hmm. the structure before is just. It's a beautiful model for healthy relationships.
1: Totally. Because every relationship comes with a power dynamic. It's not just our relationship, because, you know, I am a cis woman, my partner's a cis man. There is a power discrepancy from the beginning. And if you're going to, Enter in, and, and any relationship would, even if you hold exactly the same identities, there might be stuff that is different or that you need to communicate about who has what power at what time. So the framework of saying, okay, we're going to look this dead in the eye and counterbalance for it in a negotiated way, like you can never fully transcend power and the way that it operates in the outside world, but you can bring the elephant into the conversation, the elephant in the room yes. into the conversation and say, okay, this is how we're going to handle it, rather than just yeah. be like... We are equals when we're not all equals and we have to talk about the ways that we are affected by, by these sort of external systems and then also how we want to be loved. And and it's just gives you a language to do that. And any language you can use to do that is definitely worthwhile.
0: Agreed. Agreed. So for you, kink and specifically power dynamic relationships in play, How has this kind of facilitated your exploration of your own sexuality and sexual orientation?
1: It's such an interesting topic and one that I'm still sort of figuring out, which is that I think that before I discovered kink, I knew I was bi, um, but I was not having sexual experiences that made me feel embodied and turned on and excited. I was having a Mm -hmm. lot of experiences where I felt very dissociated and kind of stressed and sort of narrating myself from the outside. And it wasn't until I discovered kink and submission and particularly being in a high protocol 24-7 DS framework for sex that I really started to feel embodied. Like I, I tell my dom a lot that um I thought I didn't like sex <laughs> before we met and he laughs at that because I'm <laughs> I'm like a crazed raccoon in a dumpster <laughs> for uh, for our sex specifically because I feel very yeah. safe and contained. Um, mm-hmm. And that negotiation piece gives me the freedom to actually let go and be embodied and like know that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So it's taken me some time to say like, okay, this is what I like. This is what makes me feel good. And what I like and what makes me feel good is stuff that I was trained I think as a as a young feminist to believe is the absolute opposite of anything that I should ever love and enjoy like I really really like degradation play and that is has been really hard to accept because I think I've been given sort of an idea about sexuality that you're supposed to in order to be respected you have to be treated in a really specific way but in my dynamic for me to be respected is for me to be treated like an individual that likes the things that I like not what we think people are supposed to like and the things that I like are like kind of shocking to some people so I have to say like the and, and it's an ongoing negotiation process for me even doing what I do on the internet to be like it's okay for me to like yeah being degraded to be spat on to you know Mm -hmm. a long list of things that that can be really surprising but um I think within all of that um I've also been able to discover that I um I think and this is an ongoing evolution for me but I think that there is an aspect of demisexuality to my experience with sex because it takes a lot of connection and like baseline level and maybe that's not the right word but there's it takes a lot for me to get to a point where my body it feels satisfied feels safe and feels um attracted like i like my attraction valve is shut down with new people i don't care what they look like i don't care how great they are like the valve is off until a lot of a lot of parameters get satisfied and kink is a big is a big parameter for me
0: so this is so interesting to me because I never made the correlation until you and I talked around demisexual and kink, because in order mm-hmm. to even even if you met someone, let's say you met someone online, you like met for coffee as like a a vibe gut check, and then the next time you meet, you are talking like pre scene consultation mm-hmm. discussion even those two meetings develop a baseline of connection that, let's say, meeting someone and just going to, like, have sex in a hotel room Mm -hmm. one time requires. Mm -hmm. And that in itself leans more towards demisexuality than not. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a Volva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. <laughs> Zumio is a one of a kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L, for a special discount for the right conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. And, and so a big part of my bisexuality is that my partner and I have, um, from the beginning of our relationship, had threesomes with other subs where I'm you know, submitting to my dom and we have another sub um, and she's submitting to my dom as well. And it, there's something about sort of the alchemy of being with another woman who's also a sub. Like I'm sure that I would love a dumb sub dynamic with a woman too, but I'm, you know, I'm in this dynamic and we're married and this is what we do and 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 I love I love this. So um being in this dynamic with another sub, I think that the reason I also gravitate towards the Demi label too is because like it takes me seeing her enjoy and respect the dynamic that I have, which gives me this even higher level of emotional buy-in because we'll do mm-hmm. like the check-in drink and talk. And I, we always leave those and I'm like, she seems great, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to you know, feel attracted. But when I see, um, you know, in a scene, once we've negotiated and gotten to that scene point, um, are the way that we've negotiated our dynamic is that I don't physically interact with the other sub, um, initially, like, and this was a safeguard we put in because we were worried that we're not worried, but just, proactive about my Mm -hmm. jealousy potentially of Mm -hmm. like, you know, seeing him with somebody else. So we, we just thought, okay, let's like not cross the streams initially and let's just keep the subs separate. And like, she can have sort of this sort of sample experience of what the scene is like. And, and he puts most of his attention on me, but you know, they interact, but there's no penetrative sex between them. Uh, Her impact scene is lighter than mine and um, gives her a chance to sort of like see and decide if it's right for her Um, and, and it takes me seeing that and seeing how she responds to my dom and how she responds to our dynamic and whether there's the buy-in and whether there's the enjoyment for me to then be like, okay, now I'm, now I'm thinking about it even more. And it really takes some time for me to open up. And once I do, I have these really, really wonderful experiences, but it just, it, it takes, it takes a lot (laughs) and and it's very interesting.
0: So uh, thank you so much for sharing all this. I I think that so many people have this misconception that people who are comfortable in their skin and practice kink are just somehow like irresponsibly slutty. Yeah. yeah, You know, like Mm -hmm. slutty. Yes. Great. Amazing. Wonderful. Like I have reclaimed that word and it can Mm -hmm. mean such a variety of different things. Yeah. But this association with like, I don't know, I'm just going to go out and like hit people and like, you know, degrade them and like walk around and then like, oh, and it couldn't be further from that. And so I know I so deeply appreciate you sharing your process because as someone who represents to so many people, this like pinnacle of self-acceptance and kink for you to just go into this internal process I know is so helpful for so many people.
1: It's a thing because, and I think I, you know, I've really, really grappled with that because I'm like, well, I'm out here on the internet you know, being the sub girl and, and, and I still carry those misconceptions. And, and I've one that I've, I've had to massively disabuse myself of over time is like a real sub can take a lot of pain. And it's like, well, yeah, I can take Mm. some pain and probably more than some other people, but I do have a limit and having a limit doesn't make you less of a sub. And I think Having emotional limits is is another level that we rarely talk about because it's like oh well you're sex positive so you're gonna have sex with every any and all people that walk through the door right but no of course not but you end up internally with that feeling and you don't you don't put it into the ludicrous words that it, <laughs> that, it that it actually deserves to be put into that misconception because you're like oh no, like I came away from the state with someone really cool and nice who on paper I should like, but I just, something about our chemistry isn't right. And then you give yourself a hard time because you're like, well, I'm supposed to be sex positive. But it's like, Sex positive doesn't mean every single person is going to be a fit. (laughs) That's what what we got to accept. Yeah. No, (laughs) I,
0: Lena, I had literally had, I was doing an AMA once and somebody wrote in and it was in the anonymous box. So like it could Mm -hmm. be longer and it was something along the lines of like, well, you're queer, non-monogamous and sex positive. So like, do you just fuck everyone that you meet? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, even just the amount of time I spend doing these AMAs, I couldn't be having that much sex, even if I wanted <laughs> to have sex with every person. But no, got to get through the five people I met yesterday. <laughs> tight
1: schedule today.
0: <laughs> right? I'm like, oh my goodness, no. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it. It reminds me of when I first came out as bisexual, and I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. you experience parts of this too. Of like, oh well, then. You know, people of the same or similar gender that you meet, you're, you're just, you just want to have sex with them, all of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, do you want to have sex with every person of the gender you're
1: attracted to? <laughs> like, yeah. What? In fact, it's like the the weird thing is that the more parameters you put on your sexuality, like sex positivity, kink, bisexuality, like you'd think that that would be like a free for all fuck fest 24/7 as these people believe, but actually puts more parameters, it makes it yeah. smaller the pool yep. of people that you're willing to share yourself with because you need people to have this shared safety vernacular or the ability to talk about their feelings, like you're not just like out there, you know, randomly smashing genitals with just like whoever without a conversation, <laughs> which I totally support. But for yes. me, I need people to have yeah. like um an ability to to connect with me about the things that really, really matter to me. Because if I've done all this work, sex really matters to me. And it yeah. has to be um in the way that I I want it. Like I'm just I'm not gonna, yeah. <laughs> has to be um has to be considered and um then then it's an it's an all and out fuck fest with whoever. Um, yeah. Whoever then crosses the in that threshold. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: I, oh gosh, I so relate to that. And truly like the pool has never felt smaller yes. of humans <laughs> that I'm like willing yeah. to spend time with specifically in, in a romantic or sexual context. I'm like, mm-hmm. I got, I have three people at home. Like yeah. this is, this is already a lot of humans and, and needs and feelings and, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let me go (laughs) into the mind of someone listening to this and let's say someone is newer to accepting the parts of them that are feeling kinky. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe they fall somewhere on, you know, the asexual spectrum with demisexuality. Maybe Mm -hmm. they don't. Um, and just to be clear for everyone listening, I actually experience things very similarly to Lena, and I do not identify as demisexual at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to kink specifically, it there is like a safety threshold. And so mm-hmm. because of that, there's like an inherent connection that has to be there for me to feel mm-hmm. safe to enter mm-hmm. into. Um, but I wouldn't consider it demisexual for myself because it doesn't apply in a non-kink scenario. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm at a play party and it's just like a, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, if we're gonna like go into dynamics, then yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll just add to that really quickly. Yeah. What what makes it different for me, I think, is is like yes, there's a safety threshold, but also like until a certain emotional safety threshold is met, I do not experience like physical yeah. attraction. Like I can be like there's the difference. You are pretty but like being like, I want you in my mouth is, is a totally different <laughs> different set of parameters. Like anybody's, pretty, please, all yes. human beings are wonderful. But then it's like in terms of like overcoming like this sort of um yeah, I I don't know the right way to say it without feeling like I'm shaming other people's bodies. But there is like this sort of like intense like the only word that comes to mind is like body horror, where I'm like, oh my god, human. Ah, (laughs) It becomes very intense. And then the complete reversal of like, just like go into town that happens once something clicks through is is very intense because most people have that safety threshold for kink and most kinksters are like, we need to meet these parameters. But yeah, it's like whether attraction gets turned on. Yes. Before or after, I think it's like I'm still trying to figure this out. So thank you for coming on this journey. <laughs> yes. No, and I'm so grateful that you
0: felt comfy enough to to talk this out here. You know, these oh, are yeah, this is the place. Ah, these are the conversations I want to have. Like mm-hmm. I'm so tired of listening to interviews with people where it's the same questions that they get asked in everything that they do. And Amen. you may like if you've heard one, you've heard them all. And mm-hmm. I don't like being on the other side of those interviews and get being asked the same questions. I'm like, just go listen to this episode. Like I, I, oh, God. I, I yeah. talked about this for 45 minutes, just yeah. myself. <laughs> oh, so thank you for just mm-hmm. being so willing and open and wonderful as you yeah. always are.
1: Thank you for letting me jump in. But yes, the mind of the, of the listener. Yes. So the mind of the listener,
0: they're like, okay, I want to take steps and I don't know what to do. Do I go to a workshop? Do I join your discord. Do I go on field? Do I go on FetLife? Like what, what is your recommendation with all of your time in this space for people to start taking steps or even maybe if they have taken some steps, if they're not getting the traction that they want, what would you recommend?
1: Step one starts at home. Um, step one starts alone. Uh, and I think that step one is Strengthening your relationship with your inner voice, because I think what we have been conditioned to believe about sexuality is just like a lot of different stuff that may or may not work for you. And we're all coming in with these biases and we've all absorbed different garbage from the Pacific trash heap that is our (laughs) culture's relationship with sexuality. Like, you know, whatever, uh, you know, um, six pack uh, piece of plastic that's around your baby turtleneck from the culture, you know, you got to figure out what that is and Mm -hmm. create a relationship with it and reject it as you can. Um, But uh, in terms of, yeah, in terms of kink, I think there's a lot of that like body reaction that happens around um, different ideas. And I think that you have to um, start evaluating these ideas of stuff you might like to do and evaluate what has a magnetic charge for you. Um, I think, for me, there was a lot when I was starting out in kink and it was just so like buzzy and overwhelming and intense. And I'm like, I want to do some of this stuff, but it's all just so much and I just don't know. So like pick a little piece and pick something that makes you feel excited and then just explore your own relationship to that. Like I, I'm i a big fan of journaling yeah. and being like, this is how I see this going for me. This is my fantasy and just putting that down and having a relationship with that first because when you start meeting other people, you can know in your heart of hearts that you deserve to have the experience that you have been dreaming about and you deserve to have it safely and to not come at it with a scarcity mindset. So, like, um, as you're engaging with field, you know, what whatever educational resources you're engaging with, you always have to have that inner voice of, like, this is what i'm looking for this is what works for me and i'm not going to be dissuaded from the idea of safely practicing something that i'm excited about regardless of what the world is saying so when you come into those relationships you're not looking for especially if you do identify as a sub you're not looking for a dom to identify to sorry so especially if you identify as a sub, you're not looking for a dom to define your sexuality for you as you yes. go along. You have to claim it for yourself before you even begin. And then as you go through, listen to your own inner voice about how things are feeling.
0: I thank you so much for bringing that up because I think that especially humans who were assigned female at birth. Yes, who identify as submissive often look to a cis man who is a dom to guide them in this process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I understand the urge. Like I I really do. And if you don't know what your North star is and if you don't know what your limits are, We can't look outside ourselves for that information. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And like it may take an experience. And I who was I just talking, I was just talking to somebody about this. It sometimes takes an experience of having a line that we didn't know is there crossed to say, oh, there's a line. I Mm -hmm. had no idea that was there. And then that's nobody's, you know, nobody's fault. No one broke any agreements or went against any anything spoken about beforehand. But if you don't have any idea where you sit. Like if you've never asked yourself, do I want to be called a slut? Do I want to be called a bitch? Do I want Mm -hmm. to be called a, right? Like all of these different types of language, one could be incredibly sexy and wonderful and the other could give you a panic attack. And like, unless you have that conversation with yourself beforehand, you can't then tell your potential dom how to treat you. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge myth. And I would love just before we wrap up for you to touch on this, if you would, of so many people think that in a DS relationship, the dominant person has 100% of the control. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. while that's true in a certain sense, it's not in a huge, (laughs) most of it.
1: Can you speak to that? Oh, I'd love to. Um, There's so much to say. Uh, first of all, um, my my dom has a really great metaphor for this, which is that the dom has their hands on the steering wheel, but the sub has their foot on the brake. So oh. these are equal and complementary roles in keeping everyone safe because if doms are not given parameters what to do to you, they are at risk emotionally. So you as a sub need to come in with the, with the conception of yourself as an equal party in safety, not just in you know, do we respect each other? Do we like each other? But you are equally responsible for keeping the scene safe. Um, and I, I, um, I wrote a, uh, an online course all about being becoming a sub, starting from nothing, or you know, enriching your submissive practice, called Sub Survival Guide. And there's a chapter where I talk about limits. And what I say is that like, you know, if a dom is given a blank canvas to paint on and you are that blank canvas and you've given them absolutely no parameters of what to paint on the canvas, but you're hoping that they're going to paint a house or a fire hydrant mm-hmm. or like a nude of Dame <laughs> Judy Dench and you're waiting for them to do that, but they don't know what they're supposed to paint. Everyone's going to end up disappointed. So right. a dom, creativity thrives with boundaries. So like yep. creative practice of doing dominance and submission will thrive on you saying, I want these things and not these things. Any responsible Dom will be like, great. Thank you for narrowing it down. Now yep. I know I don't have to put you in a rope suspension and set you on fire. You know, there's like yes. things that, and <laughs> while other people will be like, please put me in a rope suspension and do safe fire play. And yeah. you know, those people know where to find that. So yes. there's, um, there's, there's, there's a, a beautiful blossoming that happens from your boundaries. Your boundaries are not taking anything away from anybody. And, as somebody who is a sub who plays with other subs, and I watch my dom develop dynamics with other subs, there is nothing more exciting to me and to him and to everyone involved than a sub who comes in and is like, "Hey, I learned about this thing online, and I really want to try it. Can we do it together?" Mm-hmm. Like that is so exciting and sexy, and wouldn't you want someone to do that for you? But we get this idea into our heads as subs, and especially as subs who have been conditioned female, you know, they—it's just you're told that anything that you want is inconveniencing other people. And it's like, what if you're helping other people? What if you're telling them what to paint on that canvas and you create something really beautiful together, but you can't do that without some limits and boundaries and parameters about what gets painted?
0: Yes. Oh, and that's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Around mm-hmm. like being able to set up these agreements and parameters within like the container within a relation or around a relationship totally. allows you to get your needs met. And that is a beautiful, beautiful gift.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anyone participating in that, especially a dom will, will feel enriched and excited and have a great time. And, you know, you have to think about the inverse. It's like, what would you think about giving the beautiful gift of your submission to someone who's like, boundaries, blah, <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why would you want to play with that person? You wouldn't because they have a very underdeveloped sense of safety and yeah. probably aren't very empathetic and probably don't know where your clit is. So <laughs> <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Stay away. Stay, Stay away. Run. run and run oh. for your
0: life. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Before we wrap, is there anything like, if we zoom out of this conversation, is there anything that you want to leave everyone with today?
1: Um, I think I think I mean, we just touched on a big one for me, which is that your boundaries are a gift. And I say that, and you you probably imbibed all of this sex positive content where you're like, oh, my boundaries are a gift, woo! and and we will feel like that at times. But at other times, you will feel a lot of shame around setting boundaries, and you'll feel a lot of fear and your nervous system may, ramp up and tell you that you're not safe because you're setting a boundary because of what may have happened to you setting boundaries when you were a kid. And I just want you to know that if you're looking at me or probably Rachel too, like looking at these people who are out here on the internet talking about sexuality and being so open and being so free, we still struggle with this stuff. Like I... Will often find myself in aftercare, teary-eyed about having to communicate some kind of thing I didn't expect, and I'm like, "But I'm a sub. I should know. I should know. But I should. I should know everything." And none of us do. And the fact that your process is going to be messy doesn't mean that you don't deserve to claim that process and to find what works for you. And and there may be two steps forward, one step back, and that's part of it. And so. Holding yourself to a standard of perfection around this stuff is just going to be um, just torture that you don't need to go through. So just know that it is messy. I'm messy. We're all messy and we're figuring it out and we deserve to figure it out even if it is messy because life is messy. And um, just because it's sexuality doesn't mean that you don't deserve to take the time to figure it out and for it to not be perfect because it'll never be perfect, but it can be fun along the way. So, have some fun. (laughs) Amen. If people want to find you, get your course, join your Patreon. Where can they do that? That's right. You can find me on Instagram at AskASub, Twitter, AskASub, Patreon.com slash AskASub, and then at AskASub.com, you can (laughs) find my course, Conscious Kink, which is all about um, building and maintaining a 24-7 DS dynamic. So if that sounds like fun to you, if you want to learn about protocol and punishments and intimacy and talk about Esther Perel with me, (laughs) then that's all at Conscious Kink. And then there's Sub Survival Guide, which is as it sounds, and it's all about kind of cultivating your submissive relationship with yourself so that you can then safely go out and I give you all the tools to create your dating app profile, to negotiate with a new dom, to do some solo submission along the way. And, um, yeah, I'm very proud of those. And a lot of people have found a lot of help in them. So that's at askasub.com <laughs>
0: Oh, and seriously go check it out. Like I cannot speak to Lena's integrity, um, and kindness enough. Uh, I don't, similar to the pool of people that I date and play with. Um, there's a small pool of people that I like to bring into my world and that I trust. and Lena is one of those people. So please, please, please go support her if you have found this valuable and let her know that, you know, you heard her here. <laughs> the thank best you so place much to Lena. Find people. <laughs> oh, thank you That's all for today, you sexy folks what questions came to mind as you were listening continue the conversation with me over on instagram at the right underscore rachel and don't forget please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together